Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. My puppets are waving already, and we are also ready for, let me get this right, the Formula One Pirelli Grand Premio del Made in Italy. Oh, it's actually made in Italy, I thought Del Made or something. Del Made in Italy <laughs> and Del Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. Um, yeah. I love they put an English phrase right in the middle of an Italian yeah. <laughs> name. Very strange. Very odd. And uh, it's also very odd that uh, we're having a podcast on a Friday. But uh, this may not be a running thing unless everybody absolutely loves a Friday podcast like before a race. Uh, this is mainly just because there has been absolutely nothing to talk about. We thought last time was a filler. We, that's why we decided to delay this one. And now we've got lots of things to talk about. So uh, Tommy, founder of WTF1, of course, Katie, the WTF1 editor, we're ready to start talking about some stuff. It almost felt like a game show, uh, the way I was introducing that. <laughs> but um, of course, we have free practice to talk about. Uh, very excited. It's been three weeks. It's, as we've said many, many times, it felt like an off-season, didn't it? Uh, that those uh, that 21-day wait, or just under 21-day, I guess, uh, before, before Imola. Felt, felt longer, just because at least, you know, we had pre-season and we were ready. And to have a, a break, like we've said, so early in the season, it's very very odd but very exciting to have f1 back it, it thank god well hopefully we won't have another such a long break during the season other than the summer break yeah we covered it a bit in the previous podcast saying it felt like well, it's almost the same sort of time scale that you'd have for a summer break between the first race and the second race which was odd but imla is back this weekend and from what we've seen on friday it looks like it could be quite a tasty weekend for some formula one action uh, Katie with oh. the keys of the day. I like it. Uh, so obviously, <laughs> we will be dissecting what's happened uh, uh, today. Of course, Friday, uh, FP1 and FP2 has happened, and let's let's start with uh, some strange issues. Uh, you know, we tuned into FP1 expecting scintillating action with all the analysis and data and onboards, and we didn't get any of it because uh, clearly there was something going wrong uh, at F1, uh, the Biggin Hill, where their uh, their headquarters um, is based, and they obviously have a backup thing where they can just show the cameras on the track. And of course they have half their team that are out there at the, the Grand Prix themselves. And there's half back at Biggin Hill. That's how I understand it anyway. And uh, yeah, it was very strange. They were clearly in backup mode because well, we had uh, a little incident, didn't we, between Esteban Ocon and, um, uh, and Sergio Perez. So, which we didn't actually see because there was no onboards and it was all just a guessing game. And where's the damage on each car? We could see where the damage on Perez's uh, left rear was. Was that that was FP1, wasn't it? It was, it was FP1, yeah. What, yeah, we had very strange issues. Didn't what we? an odd start to, to F1 back. It's almost like they either, I don't know if they thought there was no practice like there was last year and were like, oh, hang on a minute. We're not ready. Or, or you know, when you have a, a three-week break, or, you know, like a break from work and it takes you a while to get back into it. And they've gone, oh, how do I get the onboards again? I can't. Got bundle what's, press. The button? what's the button? <laughs> but um, the, the important thing, I guess, for that is it's not just us as spectators that were affected. The teams as well, they rely on these onboards as, and they weren't getting anything either. I think that was the weirdest thing that the the Perez Ocon incident, for those who haven't seen it, yeah, they they collided and normally it goes straight to an onboard. We had the, the offboard shot where you saw Perez coming out of the corner backwards and then knock on tootling around later. And at first you're kind of like, oh, is it just a puncture or what? But it's like they must have collided. Um, and then they went to the stewards, which I imagine was the stewards trying to find out just as much what was going on um, to hear their side of the story because they wouldn't have had their normal cameras to assess and see every angle. Um, 
and they agreed that it was unfortunate neither were to blame and they did actually mention the fact that a lot of the teams had no none of their rivals data that they normally have so fp1 was a bit of a write-off for some teams where they could only see what they were doing and had no kind of tracking of the other cars which is very unusual it's good for making things a bit more unpredictable because they had no comparison data for other teams Tommy's like you there. were saying oh yeah <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. basically fp1 scrapped again isn't it really then? yeah <laughs> on track pretty much we get to see on track but in, but it doesn't ruin the race beautiful let's do it turn no. off all the yeah. data yeah always forget yeah. to press the onboard button well, F1 have said that a local fiber line fault caused the issue. So it was something to do with their internet over in Emola. But yeah, it was bizarre. Like the it started out and then we just had these lovely atmospheric aerial shots of Imola, but we weren't sure if the cars were on track. I'm sure Tommy was there like waiting to push his cars on track tweet and wasn't actually sure if there was actually anything happening. But it was just very bizarre. No team radio. So, like you say. The drivers weren't able to know who was on a fast lap ahead of them or a slow lap. Normally they get fed that in their ear, um, which could have been a part of why Esteban and Checo came together. But yeah, no tyre data, no live track mapping. So a bit of a drama, really. Um, and I do feel for obviously all the people uh, like the teams and those on the ground that rely on that, but also all the fans that pay out for this, these special privileges that weren't able to have it for that session. So a bit of a, a weird start, but managed to get it back on track for FP2. So not a huge issue. Not a huge issue, but uh, still, you know, we, we, we want that glorious, especially the people that have been paying for it. You know, it's, mm. it's not, the best, uh, not the best start after three weeks off, as, as Tommy mentioned. It's a bit of a weird one, but we were back. And uh, the things that we took away from, from free practice was uh, Gasly looking uh, pretty good once again obviously he had that disappointment last time where his car just broke didn't it uh, was it on the first or was it like one of the first couple yeah, of laps five or six laps or something. yeah yeah so he was looking really strong popped himself uh p4 was on the grid or p5 yeah, yeah, p4. Yeah, uh, so yeah so obviously you know looking really strong last year and uh again carrying that momentum not only from last year but also uh from from bahrain and alfatari looking very good question from harriet harriet h uh, AlphaTauri looks really promising so far. Do you think they can challenge Merck and Red Bull at least here in Imola? No, no, I don't. And for anyone that's hyping that up, I just uh, CBA. Come on, chill out. I mean, there's all it's all well and good them being the strongest in the midfield. If they are challenging their sister, bigger sister team, and also Mercedes, I. I, will, oh, I was about to say something that I definitely would regret, like, you know, shouting say it. whatever. No, 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 <laughs> I'm absolutely not saying it because uh, it will end up happening because you know what the power of my jinx is like. But um, I, it, if anyone hyping it up that much, I think it's a stretch, personally. I, yeah, they've got a lot more um, parts, like Red Bull. They're, they're, they're a lot more similar than last year to the Red Bull. Um, which is why a lot of people think they are, you know, best of the rest. And it's seeming like they are, especially here where they've done a lot of testing and stuff. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be totally shocked. I, I can't see them, like say, beating the Mercs uh, or Verstappen. I wouldn't be a hundred percent shocked if maybe Gasly Perez, ahead yeah. of Perez or something. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't see them in a race beating Mercedes or or Red Bull. But it does feel like it could be a really strong weekend. So please not like last year with a car <laughs> failure or something. This is their 
a, a really, really good chance for them to get some really big points on the board before inevitably other midfield teams start catching up. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, this is a, a track they're very familiar with. They do a lot of testing here in Emela. Um, last year, Gasly qualified fourth, so he's pretty good at this track and probably would have done really well had he not retired last year. Uh, but he mean Gasly finished third in FP2. Yes, obviously, Max Verstappen had an issue and it probably would have been the same handbot ver had he not um, had that issue. But I think this is probably the best track maybe on the calendar for Alpha Tauri to try and get a podium or at least some really good points finishes. So fingers crossed for them because I think that would make ex- things extra spicy. <laughs> Extra spicy, <laughs> getting them all out today, Katie. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it, you know it's worth remembering. Of course, we're talking about you know FB two is usually where we see some some fast runs, but also you know Bottas did top the session on mediums, uh, which is you know you have to be has to be remembered. And Hamilton, although he did seem to be pushing on his soft tire laps, I'm sure there is still uh, some performance left in that Mercedes, whether through power modes or whatever. Of course, you know they can still use whatever power mode they want in free practice. It's when they get to uh, the, the the sessions that really matter where it's where it's locked in so uh, we don't know exactly uh, how hard the mercedes were pushing but i i i severely doubt they're on the same level as as alpha tauri uh but fb3 will be a better better idea of that and of course qualifying tomorrow as well uh racing ant nitro if yuki sonoda puts in great performances this year will it ruin pierre gasly's chance of a decent seat going forward Whew. um n- no i don't think so uh, uh, pierre gasly I don't see him ever going to Red Bull again. I don't think that's a, an opportunity that is open to him, nor, I mean, he says to the press that that's the goal to get back to the Red Bull seat. And maybe maybe part of him it is because he wants that redemption that, you know, because of how bad his, his stint with the team was. Maybe he wants to go back there and prove that he's much better than what he showed. But I feel like it's a, you know, it's a poison chalice. We've spoken about that Red Bull second seat many, many times. And I think Yuki Tsunoda, if anything, if he puts a load of great performances in, he's destined to get a Red Bull seat potentially down the line. Pierre Gasly would maybe have to go sideways and up in terms of other teams, uh, in my opinion. So I don't feel like they're on the same career path, personally. Yeah, totally agree. I, For me, Gasly's done at Red Bull, personally, I, I think. Because, I mean, you, you see the way... If anyone's, I'm sure a lot of people, probably 99% of people watching this podcast have watched Drive to Survive and the way Gasly was speaking about Red Bull saying it was, you know, an effing joke and stuff. And he didn't hold back. Um, And Red Bull haven't exactly held back with him. I'm sure I'll I'll be cautious with, with, with the quotes because... No, he has been misquoted a lot in the past, Helmet Marco, but there were some quotes flying around that when someone asked him about how well Gasly was doing, he kind of said, oh, well, Max would have been three-tenths quicker in a in the Alpha Tauri. And he was talking about how great Sonoda was and he's this this diamond that they don't want to push too early into the team. Um, and it, it does just feel like Gasly has kind of proved himself to be a great driver and will probably end up at Alpine or or someone in, in the future, that Red Bull seat is essentially Yuki's to get, uh, not Gasly's, in my opinion. Um, but I guess if Yuki does beat him, it does maybe maybe put a bit of doubt, even though Yuki, obviously, you know, I think he's a great driver as well. But, you know, if Yuki Sonoda does beat Gasly, maybe... He's not going to... He's not, he's not, he's not 
Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's not, it's not Tommy, that's Tommy's prediction. So yeah, we'll yeah pop, pop into London, mate. Yeah, you may as well get over with now when uh, no one's in no one's in town. But if a big if that he does, maybe people start to go, oh, well, is is Gasly all that? Which I don't think is the case. I think he is a great driver, but it wouldn't look great for him to be beaten by a rookie. It's true. Well, I think you know Pierre, Pierre Gasly is a proven race winner. Um, and although there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him in 2022, like there's so many contracts coming to an end that it could be that Pierre decides to just leave the Red Bull programme and go elsewhere. You know, there were talks of him possibly joining Renault, which is obviously now Alpine. Um, whether that will happen will all depend on how Esteban Ocon gets on this season, but that could be quite an interesting move if he just wanted a complete fresh start, like we saw with Ricardo a few years ago. Uh, but to be honest, I don't know where Pierre will end up. Um, I don't think I'd necessarily rule out a Red Bull seat. Um, people like Zach Brown, the team principal of McLaren, made a, a funny comment a few weeks ago saying that he thinks that Max Verstappen and George Russell are going to be the driver lineup for Mercedes in 2022, which would obviously leave quite a big vacant spot um, at Red Bull, whether they'd go for somebody like Yuki, um, who you know might be really fast this year and excellent, it could be worth a try, but they might want to have somebody in that seat who knows F1. He, you know, Gasly's been in there a bit longer and he's so desperate for that redemp redemption story, like you were saying, that maybe they'll give him the chance. Uh, but I can't see Yuki outperforming Pierre this year. But hey, famous last words, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Don't worry. Don't worry, Casey. You have I, ca worry I, cannot, I cannot see Gasly ever going back to Red Bull, though. No. Uh, it's, I kind of feel like his path might even end up a little bit like Daniel Ricciardo's where, um, and this has just come into my mind now that uh, Ricciardo and Sainz to a lesser extent kind of had have had similar paths where they've somehow managed to stay in F1 normally when they don't, you know, you, you get booted out of Red Bull and you booted out completely. They've managed to stay in F1, but they have flip-flopped quite a bit between teams. Uh, I can feel like I feel like Gasly is the kind of person that might, you know, end up at Alpine. And then if it doesn't go well at Alpine, like McLaren might take a punt with him in the future. Or he's one of those drivers I could see um, chopping and changing a lot. A dotty so, driver. Yeah, no, but not, near not, there. not Red Bull, personally, from no. the way uh, I think he speaks about them and stuff. The way, yeah, obviously, you know, he's even in Drive to Survive, he was quite negative about them wasn't he or he was mm. in the situation at the time of course but uh yeah i think for, for his own mental health as well you know it, it clearly got to him and uh it, i don't think it was a particularly good situation for him to be in for any reason you know the results on track and how he was feeling so i feel like he's picked himself back up now of course he's got a win with alpha Tauri and he, he proved that he has the minerals to at least if he's in that position ding ding that. yeah <laughs> Come we've on. got a little bingo card going on today yeah, guys yeah whatever whatever um but yeah he's, pr you know, he's proved maybe not proved that he can con consistently uh, be in a, a front-running team, but at the very least, if he's thrown in that situation, he doesn't bottle it. So, uh, so that's good. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Small businesses have always shown an incredible ability to adapt, innovate and survive, even more so in this past year. Now, another way you can adapt and grow is by finding the right people to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you do that for free. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 30 million members in the UK and getting started is easy and the new features can help you find qualified candidates quickly. 
Post a job with targeted screening questions and they'll quickly get your role in front of qualified candidates. You can do all of this from your mobile device no matter where the day takes you. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, back to the podcast. Uh, moving on now to another part of uh, another story of uh, Otmar Safnauer uh, just basically popping off. He's, he's, he's not happy. With the with the aero rules, of course, if you you would have probably seen or heard uh, from Bahrain, the talk of rake and how um, low rake cars such as Mercedes and Aston Martin have been impacted much more by the aerodynamic rule changes for this year, especially on the, the rear side where they've lost a lot of um, aerodynamic performance, and it's basically impacted uh, those teams a lot more than the high rake concept cars, uh, so or the Red Bulls, uh, etc. So. Yeah, bit of a weird one because he's basically come out and said that uh, Formula One have got involved, Liberty have got involved in the rule making, and it shouldn't be the you know the rights holders; it should be the the people actually managing the sport, the FIA. And uh, he feels like that crossover shouldn't be happening, and that's basically his argument. And he says, look, he just wants to have a chat, just have a friendly chat, see what's happened, and if he just you know he spots anything in those want to talk, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And anything in that friendly chat where they drop in that someone had influence in the rule changes that shouldn't have, or if there was any naughty dealings, then uh, he'll be apparently, well, he could, it could end up in court, which is essentially what he said. You know, he's not said he's going to throw the, you know, the, every bit of every dollar he has at them. But at the same time, it seems like they, he could potentially take legal action against the FIA, which I personally can't see that happening. I think he's just kind of throwing his toys out the pram a little bit in the, in the sense of his car's slow. Aston Martin probably has a huge amount of pressure on him right now saying we've just entered the sport and our car is crap. What, what's going on? And look, he's got to try something and maybe this is the route he's going down. Yeah, his his team have never done anything slightly dodgy with the rules, have they at all? Um, yeah, this is, this is I, I, yeah, I, this story, I couldn't, couldn't believe it when I heard it um, because if if Aston Martin had copied Red Bull's philosophy last year, you know, they'd be loving it now. It is a classic case of they've copied the copied the Mercedes, however, you know, and then yeah, they've changed it a bit, but they've still got this Mercedes philosophy. And it seems absolute madness that they would want the rule changes to be done halfway through the season when we're getting a huge overhaul anyway um and it just seems like aston martin of that team because they can throw lawrence strolls's money at it that they'd happily have the rules change and they can develop their car right to well 145 million dollars tommy yeah Plus exactly. cap. they can't just uh, throw everything on it but they seem to want to you know change go back to it and it kind of seems like you know they're never going to want to write off the season but it just seems a bit petty to me and i hope I hope that Aston Martin don't become this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I'm going to put Daddy Stroll's lawyer yeah, on. Yeah, because I'll probably get cancelled here because everyone absolutely loves Aston oh, please. Martin. And I, and I do as well. Like, they're one of my favourite car brands. Um, absolutely love them. Oh, I wonder but, why. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> Anyway, carry on. But I really don't want Aston Martin to 
go from this underdog team that Racing Point were, where they were punching above their weight and doing amazing things and you're really rooted for them to become this really sort of unlikable team that have loads of money and don't do very well and just complain all the time when they're not doing well. That would be so disappointing to me. I think you're bang on. I mean, Christian Horner said that he was surprised to hear Otmar's words, and I echo Christian Horner because <laughs> Christian Horner's never complained about. <laughs> no, I know. Well, this is the funny thing, isn't it? It's so ironic, but it's just so bizarre. Like, I really hope that Aston Martin, like you said, don't become this team that rock up to F1, and we we've not even had the second race yet, and they're already going. Mm, no rules don't suit us. I'm complaining. I'm upset. Rah, rah, rah. Like, just give it a break, guys. <laughs> Wait a few races. If you're still really unhappy, then I suppose you could try and Tough. challenge challenge F1 if you want to. But exactly, like that's sport, that's F1. Sometimes things don't go your way. You know, we've it's like seen when it you're countless doing an times. Exam. It's like when you're doing an exam exactly. and you open the paper and you go, well, actually, I haven't revised this. Um, <laughs> I didn't read this book. <laughs> can I have different questions, please? Yeah, or different yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it? the same. It is literally the same rules for everyone. So, and, and they like, have got on with it, haven't they? So. <laughs> I know it's just so, so bizarre, but you know, these rules, they're not just picked out of a hat. They are put through various processes and, you know, this change in regulations for this year, it was voted through unanimously. And I just think it's so weird. And like you say, Otmar didn't rule out exploring legal action, which to me just seems crazy. But uh, yeah, Otmar said, I think it was a rude awakening in qualifying in Bahrain when we realised after analysing the data that the low rate cars were hampered significantly by the regulation change. Mercedes won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it, is as, it is as if like they, they obviously copied the Mercedes philosophy, had the, you know, the pink Mercedes and whatever, and it worked really well. Uh, but now, obviously, they've made some changes to the car, but still is a Mercedes philosophy. And they've just got this and they're like, oh, we don't know what to do now. Mm. Uh, you know, what, what do we do with this philosophy that we don't really understand? That now exactly. it doesn't favour us massively. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it, it, it seems like it's a cauldron of mess for them where, you know, obviously they're trying to copy the Mercedes and there's rule changes coming in, which they don't fully understand everything. And and yeah obviously mercedes have worked around it they they said you know they weren't strong in bahrain but they still they weren't a second two seconds off which you know they're claiming that's how much they've you know it's it's cost them so yeah it's i mean just, do you reckon it's, it's come I mean, from a meeting we we all saw it in drive to survive that mm. he's had a meeting with with stroll and he's gone he's seen the first result and gone you know we we won i know it was secure but we won that race last year and now you know Vettel was last on the grid and Stroll was what ninth or something so er. yeah not good not good um so we'll see we'll see how that unfolds I can't see anything happening I mean I'm not a lawyer so I don't know if they actually have any leg to stand on but from a fan's perspective and you know knowing the sport a reasonable amount it just seems like they're throwing up a fuss for absolutely you know Get on with it. Just do a better job. And if this year's a write-off, this year's a write-off. Lawrence Stroll will pay for the money that they don't make in the constructors, whatever. Moving on. We actually were speaking about Mercedes. Let's talk about Mercedes. They are quick uh, in free practice Yay. one and two, which is what we've seen. <laughs> Tommy, in a Verstappen fanboy coming out <laughs> right there. Um, clearly very angry about that. I mean, they, they're quick. They're not, they're not, you know, in the uh, or driving towards the sunset. They're not finished. They're not done. 
Um, you know, Verstappen was strong in FP1. Of course, FP2, he had the potential drive shaft problem, uh, which we'll get on to. But in terms of Mercedes, Kush092 asks, are Merck fully back? Because it looks like they are. And everyone is saying the car looks like a proper Mercedes again. I love that. You know, they, they're they just like, yeah, that's a proper that's a Mercedes again. You, you look at the onboards. Yeah, it's a Mercedes again. So the only thing they're judging that on is that in Bahrain, they were correcting like every other corner in free practice. And obviously yeah. they found the hair in the soup and all that wonderful phrases. But yeah, you know, the Mercedes does look, we, we knew that they would get on top of their problems. I don't know why some people are surprised that they're looking better going into this. And yeah, I, I think, as it's, as I say, I don't think they're, they're streaks ahead and hopefully qualifying will, will prove close. Um, but you know, we're, we're not surprised that Mercedes are looking like the strongest package, are we, really? No. Again, back to the, the point about Aston Martin, Mercedes have had this rule that pegged them back a bit because we know how huge their advantage was last year. And they've just got on with it. They were the second quickest car in Bahrain. And then they've rocked up to... You know, we've we've not really seen Verstappen yet, so it's hard to know. But they're looking a lot stronger. Well, Verstappen um, not even having that running right is is a hindrance. It's yeah, massively. So into the weekend, they are looking. Yes, a proper Mercedes. You had Brundle at the side of the track watching them through the corner. It looked absolutely planted again. Um, so yeah, they are truly back. The sandbags are off after one. <laughs> One, one race down. Yeah, I mean, you've got to remember that although we had all these conversations like, is Mercedes career over and all the Nico Rosberg explosion memes and all that sort of stuff, Mercedes are seven-time world champions and they haven't just got there through luck. They are so incredibly hardworking and innovative. Ugh, I can't even say my words. Innovative. Innovative. <laughs> innovative. Innovative. Thank are you, you good, Katie? It's yeah. been a long couple of days. Um, but yeah, they're that. And uh, they've obviously found out what their problems are. Like Toto had this iconic hair in the soup quote that nobody's ever heard of, but because Toto said it, we'll go in with it. And uh, yeah, they're looking really grave, strong. Though, the amount of people have dropped that phrase. <laughs> I know. I've heard <laughs> a fly in the soup, but not hair in the soup. I think soup, it's uh, Austri- is it Austrian or German, like really well-known phrase, apparently. Oh. I think it's completely mistranslated as well to what we are deeming it as. Anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah. Katie. That's okay. We'll go with it. Uh, but yeah, I think Mercedes, they're looking pretty strong. I mean, Bottas topped both sessions, so it could be that we see Bottas, you know, he was on track to win this race last year before he got this massive chunk of Ferrari wedged under the car. Uh, maybe he wants to take the win this week at uh, this race, and who knows, maybe we'll Bottas be going on 3.0. about... Bottas 3.0. What a pretty yeah, Katie. I think Bottas might want to win this weekend. That's what's going to be on my gravestone. Katie's given us a real insight into uh, that's the, a yeah. proper, Bottas that's mentality. That's a proper F1 journalist question, isn't it? Well, what, what do you want to do this weekend? Win. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for your time. We very quickly interrupt this WTF1 podcast for our final sponsor for this episode, ExpressVPN. What is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your internet service provider cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, the list of people you've messaged, sites you've visited and videos you've watched get tracked by tech giants who can then sell your information on for profit. 
That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You just download the app, tap one button on your device and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash WTF1. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash WTF1 to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash WTF1 right now to learn more. Right, back to the podcast. Uh, so moving on to Max Verstappen, which obviously alluded to the uh, problems that he's had. Sarah Likes F1 asks, is there actually a curse on Max in Italy? Uh, it seems that way because Verstappen's record in Italy is, uh, well, Monza in 2015, he finished 12th. The next year, 7th, 10th, 5th, 8th, DNF. And then Mugello that same year, 2020, DNF, Imola, DNF. So he DNF'd every single Italian race last year. And um, his bad luck continues to be on the horizon hopefully it doesn't impact him in qualifying in the race because if he does conk out we start to then already think oh god a mercedes going to run away with this again already because they can't afford <clears throat> rebel can't afford to have dnfs on you know on their record because if they're going to beat this or win this title especially in the drivers they're gonna have to be on top form the entire way they need to be bulletproof don't they uh, this is probably the pessimistic uh, Max fan in me saying this, but you, I always feel like, and this is probably the case from the last few years, that Mercedes are one of those teams where you feel like they rarely ever have mechanical issues or something. Whereas the Red Bull, there's always part of you that feels like the engine could explode at any moment. Um, they're just one of those, two, you know, it's like the Adrian Newey car where it's so unbelievably fast, but the whole thing might just let go like it did in in fp2 today and like you say one even just like one race where max retires and lewis gets 25 points it's such a huge swing that it could max needs to be because because i think i looked at his results last year and he was on the podium every single race pretty much he finished apart from turkey i think it was and so he's always up there and he needs to yeah you can't you can't win a title having four or five dnfs in the year so please please, please um, let, let it happen now. At least it's happened in FP2, I guess, not not the race. Yeah, no, it would be just Max's luck if it happened in Corley or the race, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, there's three out of the four Honda-powered cars that are already on to their second elements, and we're not even at the second race yet. So that's slightly concerning in terms of the reliability of these Honda-powered cars. Uh, but hopefully Max can uh, fix these issues, the team can fix these issues. Like you said, they think it was a drive shaft issue, but uh, it's better for these things to happen in FP2 and then the rest of the weekend to be nice and reliable because I think I speak on behalf of every F1 fan when I say that we want a really good battle between the Red Bulls and the Mercedes at the front, not just in no. Miller, but for the whole rest. No, no. No. No, uh, I want you know. I just want, you want Lewis, Lewis to run a twenty-second yeah. just gaps between every single car. That'd be lovely. It's a little snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be great. It would be great to to have that. And, and we got uh, we got that incredible shot as well of Verstappen's car on the back of a, a a truck that for some reason, even though he was, I don't really get this. He was he parked at the end of the pits, right? Sorry, the the pit entry. I'm sure his car broke down there. Yeah. So why he ended up doing a tour of Imola? 
<laughs> because because obviously the F1 uh, F1 TV had the onboards set on the whole time. They didn't mm. turn them off at any point. And obviously people captured it and you could go on board with Verstappen and see him on the back of this lorry just going through Italian traffic. Can you imagine driving your, your car around the streets of Italy and you see a Red Bull on the back of a like a truck going through? Pretty cool. It's great. Not but bad. they said that the fact that it was on this truck for what felt like all of the session is it took so long to get back to the Red Bull that they didn't have time to fix it to even send Max out if they wanted to because they'd just done this tour of Imola. So... Yeah, I saw that video. I don't understand why. Why I guess it couldn't revert. Would they have to red flag if they had to reverse it in the pit lane? Yeah. But it's already there. And they'll be much. right at the other side. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's odd. <laughs> Must have been a reason. Uh, yeah. Whether it was Mercedes just paying the driver twenty quid uh, and then just pop it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. go the other way. <laughs> Some cash. Uh, take him on a nice tour. <laughs> All the sites. All the sites. <laughs> oh, amazing stuff. Uh, uh, another bit of news was uh, away from Imola actually uh, the Canadian Grand Prix is set to be cancelled and uh, Waze Wesipoo 0142 uh, says or asks are you excited to see Turkey come back again since the Canadian Grand Prix looks done for I mean Turkey would obviously be great if if that was the one to to, to be filled in the gap I'm not sure if there's actually been anything in terms of, apart from rumours, of course, uh, floating about. I think, Katie, uh, you've got a particular track that I'll let you... I won't spoil it, because uh, you're the one that's done the the grapevining. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'd love to see it. If Turkey was thrown in the mix, absolutely. It was, it was awesome. And, of course, they'll sort out the track issues uh, if they were to go back there again. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's sad to lose, the, lose Canada, because I think it's a really good track. Yeah, same. We, we actually put up a post about it, because it's still rumored um it's not 100 percent confirmed but f1 have refused to say anything we had daniel ricardo on our instagram putting loads of crying faces so he's obviously a big fan of the canadian grand prix as well um it's i think people winner, have, didn't he? yeah he did first but i think people uh have jumped on turkey one because everyone loved it and it just seems to be like turkey turkey oh my god turkey like there's such a hype around it but also it does make sense because Baku is the one before Canada, which is always a weird one anyway, that they go from Azerbaijan to Canada. Or is it the other way around? Canada to Azerbaijan. I know it's Azerbaijan uh, to Canada. Baku right? to Canada, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. back to France maybe? Yes. Yeah, so that why you go like <laughs> Europe, looking Canada. looking at a calendar. Yeah, I literally before. have it right here, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, why they do it that way, especially in COVID times, you saw a lot of people saying, why wouldn't you just move Canada to be with Mexico and Cota now? Makes more sense. The teams are there and can travel safely. But um, yeah, not not great. And the worrying thing about that is we said it right at the very start of the year that the ones that look most under threat, I guess, are Monaco, Baku, Canada. They're all together. So we might have another massive off-season again. Don't, because I will cry. <laughs> no, I, don't get me wrong. We'd all like to see Turkey back, but it's a matter of cost and who can cough up the most, I guess, to fill that void slot. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, it's looking more like we'd be going back to Nürburgring. Obviously, there's nothing officially confirmed, but I imagine that Nürburgring maybe have got more in terms of 
financial offerings that they can give to F1 to persuade them to head there. Obviously, that would be great for the German fans, um, but I'm still gutted that the idea of Canada being cancelled has been talked about again because it's also one of my favourite tracks and I feel so bad for the Canadian fans because they still, some of them still haven't had refunds on their tickets from last year, which is absolutely appalling. And uh, yeah, I'd be absolutely gutted. And I do worry that if this keeps continuing to happen, F1 and Canada, that relationship might not be able to sustain itself for much longer. Um, and it could be that Canada just say, you know what, we don't fancy the hassle of it and they'll just pull the plug. But I'm sure there's lots of contracts and negotiations in place to stop that from happening. But unfortunately, it's not just as easy as saying, oh, we can't have you or, you know, whichever party pulls the plug first in saying that they can't host the race, they don't want to host the race, is then the one that's going to have to break the contract and come up with all of these fees in terms of like, it's yeah, game it's, of chicken. It's, it's it really is. It's it? literally like, what's it called sheriff or something where you have your back to each other and it's like whoever shoots first is that yes, a thing right. like in western things <laughs> yeah where yeah, they draw yeah. yeah 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 so it's it's silly but hopefully um we can get a nice replacement for canada because i think it looks more and more likely by the day that that's not going to be on the calendar this year yeah and i guess with costs as well uh Obviously, Nürburgring have a fully fledged, fledged racetrack and Turkey have an ice skating rink. So, of course, there's going to have to be some money uh, put towards resurfacing all of that um, because it was not up to scratch last year. Um, right. That's pretty much all the news slash talking points slash insights. Uh, let's go through our predictions or a reminder. And, um, of course, we can you can talk about things that you might want to change, but you're not allowed to because it's uh, set in stone. Um, I've got Verstappen on pole by a 0.3 of a second or more and uh, Vettel out-qualified by Stroll again. I'm not so confident about the Verstappen one, but I'm very confident about the Vettel-Stroll one, uh, personally. Yeah, that's quite... Uh, yeah, I guess three weeks now we've seen Mercedes catch up a bit. Um, Alpha Tauri, I've gone for quickest of the midfield. That's looking pretty... Because <laughs> McLaren have not been... Boring... <laughs> I mean, I said it last time. You're literally just gone for exactly the same. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, and uh, Perez podium if he doesn't mysteriously get taken out and we don't see any footage of it in the race. Interesting. Well, I've gone for Checo outqualifies Bottas. Which... <laughs> that looks that looks uh, that looks really promising, doesn't it? Possible with Bottas. Yeah, and uh, double points finish for Ferrari again. So That's looking, they, look, they were looking pretty quick until yeah. Leclerc binned it in the wall at the end of FP2. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, thanks, Charles. My, my poor dear boy. Mm. It's fine. He was pushing, he said, and it wasn't a big big incident. Yeah. Move on. That's, that's similar, isn't it? They, they, people say they want punishing tracks and track limits. You, one tiny mistake and you've ripped your front suspension off because it really was nothing. You know, you do that at Bahrain, you're just going off in the sand a little bit and coming straight back on the track so yeah exactly i can't think of anyone else that spun or had any kind of incident in free practice one <laughs> and two uh from the fans Kodati, both alphas in the points like the last time we visited imola maybe nosy bear 21 sonoda on the podium absolutely not i mean if Lars Gers, if that happens happening. we've had an absolute <laughs> epic race haven't we and Lars Gers, max dominates everything but lewis still wins so that's already an incorrect prediction really because, it was a nice try yeah, yeah unfortunate um but uh, well maybe maybe if he dominates fp3 qualifying and every 
every lap of the race apart from one, then we'll give him the points. But um, but yeah, so yeah, going to be an interesting one. Uh, Imola doesn't look like it's going to bring us much overtaking. It hasn't in the past. Uh, but that doesn't matter as long as there's the jeopardy that they were saying in Sky commentary. That's all you need uh, a bit for, of for an exciting race. Tommy says, yeah, I mean, that's also a fact we haven't even spoken about. Is it still forecast for Sunday? Oh, yeah. I'm not 100% sure it was yesterday. Oh, here we go. Imola Grand Prix. Sunshine, weather. 0% chance of rain. <laughs> Please, no. I feel Wait, like what, it gets what's... pushed back to Monday. Just put Imola circuit weather and it comes up in. Here we go. Imola's doing it live on the podcast. Um, this is what everyone Monday, It still has rain as the thingy or like rain. On Sunday. Intervals. Sunday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, okay. sunny intervals. Sunday is scattered showers. Is what that, it's known that's, that's the best kind of so by sunday it'll one. be a heat wave that's basically it really isn't it yeah so uh, so rain on the podium it is <laughs> oh no doesn't tell me what time that's really annoying what what is this stupid like line that i'm looking at i need precipitation here we go this is, this is great podcast content. it is great yeah. podcast <laughs> this is exactly what people sign up for anyway okay so we might get rain we might not there you go that's pretty much uh pretty much it really um tommy final thoughts um Oh, I did have something. Oh, yeah. I, I, as someone who doesn't like practice, can I just say, loving the new format, 60 minutes, so much better. More cars on track. Maybe it's just the nature of the circuit and it's new. We've only had two sessions. But the fact that especially these two sessions have been really action-packed, even I enjoyed Friday free practice. So there you go. Oh, my God. Are you feeling okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> must have been the three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think it no. must be. So desperate for everyone to be back. Um, but yeah, my final thought is a complete cop-out because I'm just going to say I'm happy that F1 is back. Oh, chug on. Give us some insight, please, Katie. I want an insightful final thought, please. Um, my final thought is have a look out for possibly some calendar changes coming soon to do with the 2022 calendar. Wow, that's... That's Dang that's man. generic. So I like that. Cool. Um, Mysterious. And I'm going to say, have a, have a look out for precipitation on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, we've just <laughs> we've just found that out. But uh, there you go. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, for watching and listening. Of course, uh, make sure to give us five stars if you're listening, or a thumbs up if you're watching. Uh, let us know in the comment section below your thoughts for for what's coming up on Sunday. Um, and hashtag WTF1 podcast on social media if you want to get involved that way that's pretty much it thank you so much to tommy and to katie and that was a very weird thumbs up (laughs) tommy's gone a little bit senile i think in these last few weeks (laughs) enjoy the race on sunday of course we'll have internet's best reactions out on sunday evening and the podcast again on monday of course so uh, we'll see watch along tomorrow oh yeah oh yeah and that thing yeah we've got a qualifying watch along tomorrow as well and Tommy, hopefully, is not going to be 14 minutes behind. So we can actually have uh, you know, a pretty decent watch along rather than just watching back on record. Try okay. And... Brilliant. Tommy, thank you so much. Katie, thank you so much. Enjoy the race, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Tommy Wait didn't say boxes. bye. He just bye. Didn't even care. He's just so ready. doesn't even care for our audio listeners. He just says nothing. <laughs> More, yeah. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.